What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro game podcast. Every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek it all the games. We'll be back in the day. My name is Adam Blake. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I've always wanted to do that at like lightning speed, just once. I've been thinking about doing that for about a hundred podcasts now, just because I want. I know there's a ton of you that were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what the fuck?" And you probably dug your phone out to be like, "Why is it set at like eight times fucking speed?" I, ah, yeah. I just, I'm glad I got it out of my system. I'll never do that to you again. Sorry about that. If you had it on double speed already, it might have just been like ah. And then all of a sudden I started talking. But anyway, uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 193. And it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. Uh, Every month, the community picks a game that I've never played, but that our listeners have asked us to talk about on the show. And I spread my wings and I try something new. I play it and then I talk about it here on the podcast. And Dino Crisis from the original PlayStation is our contestant this week. Capcom's PS1 dinosaur game, which a lot of people call Resident Evil with dinosaurs. I actually think that's a pretty fair comparison because it kind of is Resident Evil with dinosaurs. It's the same tank controls, the same fixed camera, uh, the same cheesy voice acting, although I do think it's better in Dino Crisis than it is in old school Resident Evil. I think it has a better story than Resident Evil 1, in my opinion. I have no fucking idea what's going on in the Resident Evil games. Um, Just quickly, before I get into any more of the podcast this week too, if I sound extra annoying and stuffy and like, ah, well, uh, I just, my allergies are, it, it is allergy season and my allergies are going for the fucking, they're going for a championship this year they're not screwing around so i just popped some extra strength benadryl and i figure i have about a 40 minute window to get this recorded before my body shuts down so i just wanted to say sorry if i sound extra stuffy today i am extra stuffy that's the problem excuse me okay anyways what was i talking about oh yeah i've been wanting to play dino crisis for quite a while now i was i was actually really pumped when it won the poll because i was excited to give it a shot and i don't think it's perfect Uh, But I really did have a good time with it. Frankly, I like it better than a couple of the old school Resident Evils. Resident Evil 3 for sure. I don't care for Resident Evil 3. Uh, The dinosaurs are awesome. There's lots of puzzles. Some are good. Some not quite so good. It's a pretty solid video game. Uh, My guest this week returning to the podcast is my buddy Tyler. We broke down the good, which there's a lot of. The bad, which honestly mostly revolves around just tech limitations from the era, uh, such as fucking clicking X every goddamn half second while you walk facing the wall to see what there is that you can fucking interact with. I'm sure anyone that's played one of these old games knows precisely what I'm talking about. Um, But we need to talk more dinosaurs on this podcast. Everybody loves dinosaurs, right? So I'm excited to do this. Uh, By and large, I think this is a pretty positive episode of the podcast. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of stuff everybody loves and speaking about something being by and large pretty positive, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. It's like our intros are like the early part of a Dino Crisis or a Resident Evil game when nothing's trying to kill you and you're just learning how to walk like a robot. It's the fun thing. But seriously, if you do want to skip it, go ahead about 30 minutes up the road and you'll get to the Dino Crisis chat. Uh, We have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking badass art drawn by my man Joe. You can check out all of his work at 4545creative.com like always. And you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. Along with like our back catalog of episodes and our PO Box address and my Twitch streams and all that kind of stuff. Um, It is a great way to support the show if you're looking for and i I really do think our merch is above average quality it's some really cool looking stuff and if you're like eh, clothes not for me you can always just consider throwing us a couple of bucks on patreon for only because i you know what 
I'll plant my flag in the sand right now. This may not be the best podcast on the internet. I might not be the best host. I can't pronounce any words with more than three syllables in them. And I sound like I've just, uh, blah, blah, because of my fucking allergies right now. But goddamn, if I don't offer about the best fucking value in the history of Patreon. For only two bucks a month, you get two additional podcasts every week. You'll get both my gaming news podcast game patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and expansion pass every Thursday, which is a different podcast every week. We do game rankings. We look back at particular characters and consoles. There's some comedy episodes in there. I do game reviews. Uh, This past week on expansion pass, we look back at the Nintendo 64. We talked about our favorite games, our favorite memories, our hot takes. Of course, we talked about that fucking controller and we got into the nintendo 64's legacy as well now that it's 20 some years in the past and where does it stack up in the all-time great list of video game consoles Uh, a lot of really good feedback on this episode so thank you very much and as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass the nintendo 64 Uh, Shannon Willis wrote into us and said the best thing about the Nintendo 64 was the four controller setup. Nintendo did an amazing job at multiplayer games and we didn't give them enough credit for that. We couldn't have wireless controllers back then and they were forward thinking enough to acknowledge that more people means more fun. GoldenEye, WCW, NWO, Revenge, WWF, No Mercy, Smash Brothers would have been very limited without an additional two friends playing. Multiplayer saved the Nintendo 64. I cannot fucking agree with that more i remember that being the thing that blew my mind the most about the nintendo 64 when we got one and to this day i still think it's the coolest thing the nintendo 64 did four controller ports on the front of that thing and i know that we're all taking it for granted these days because you can connect a ton of wireless controllers and the gamecube had four controller ports and all that kind of stuff but having four controller ports on the front of the nintendo or nintendo i was going to say nintendo gamecube Four controller ports on the front of the Nintendo 64. That was a big fucking deal back then. So that's now available on our archives. And now this week for expansion pass number 106, uh, I'm going to be dropping my review of Horizon Forbidden West. And as is the case with all of my modern game reviews on expansion pass, it will be 100% spoiler free. I will tack a short spoiler cast on at the end, but I warn you like 12 times before I spoil anything. Um, And there's actually quite a few modern game reviews in our archives now. And for the record, there's more coming because I'm going to be reviewing the new Sonic movie probably next week. And I'll be reviewing Kirby in the Forgotten Land in the coming weeks as well. So again, Two bucks gets you instant access to two additional podcasts every week, plus about 200 archived episodes just sitting there waiting for you. Plus, you can join our Remember the Game Discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts, including the ability to play Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And you get a shout out right here in the intro when you get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. And there's a lot of them. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons. Pet My Peeve Podcast, Brandon McCafferty, Joe Mama's Poop, Christopher Bog, Matt Pierpoint, George Chadwell, Levinar3319, Archangel Otaku, Death Clock, Heriberto Marquez. That's the fucking coolest name I ever heard. Dark White73, Carl Crabe, Unjglama. Dude, these, I fucking suck so hard at this. Uh, Matthew Sims, Ghost of Johnny Drip Drip. Thank fuck, that was a terrible gimmick. Tristan Teen the Great, John M. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Arikel Enigma. Arikel Enig- Arikel Enigma, David Phelps, Mitch Mellet, Antonio Echeverria, 
Dylan Van Winkle, Alex Strobridge, Jacob Super Nintendo Chalmers, Joe Soap, Diesel Demon 360, Brandon H, Brent ND High Plains, and Dishy. If I fucked up your name in there, where does a badge of honor? That might have been the worst round of shoutouts I've ever done here on the podcast. But thank you all very much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. And finally, just to wrap up my sales pitch, I don't mention the Patreon again now until the very end of the show. But to wrap up the sales pitch, 5% of our Patreon every month is being added to a pool that my girlfriend and I are going to donate to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton at the end of the year as part of our 24-hour charity stream. So every month that you sign up on our Patreon, not only are you getting a ton of extra podcasts and stuff, you're doing some good for the kids as well we're at already over about seven hundred dollars to be donated and we're a third of the way through the year so that's fucking incredible uh so thank you all very much patreon.com slash remember the game and if you're interested you can find me on twitch as well twitch.tv slash member the game i get on there whenever i can i never beg you for subs or donations or anything it's just a way to hang out and chat while i get mad at video games and sometimes i play with the community and it's lots of fun uh twitch.tv slash member the game and that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge it is the opening segment here on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge it blows all right he blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. I don't know if you guys can tell, but between every segment, like where the sound effect is there, I've been gone for like a minute, just blowing my nose and stuffing water down my throat. No, fuck. I, allergies are the fucking... How, how are you allergic to the planet? The planet is here for humans to live on, and I'm fucking allergic to it. Anyways, uh, let's blow. That's what we're doing here. We're blowing the cartridges. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Johnny CCDC, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, hope you're doing well. Listen, I wanted to give a shout out to the Sonic the Hedgehog episode last week. I adore that video game, and the initial franchise is some of the very best gaming has to offer from that era. That Sonic 3 plus Knuckles is my absolute favorite of the original series. I know you sing the praises of Sonic Mania, but you've got to give Sonic Generations a try. It's essentially a greatest hits from all the core Sonic games, except levels that were once 2D or 3D, and levels that were once 3D are now 2D. I really hope we get a Mario game like that one day because this. This one just puts me in, hits me in all the feels, man. You know what? Sonic Generations has is one of those games that I have wanted to play since I heard it coming out. I have it on my Xbox, and I've just never fired it up. I just think it's like because I don't care for 3D Sonic at all. I, <laughs> anyone that's listened to the Sonic Adventure 2 episode fucking knows exactly what I'm talking about because I still take shit for about that episode whenever someone listens to it. I don't think Sonic plays well in 3D, but I really like old school Sonic. Even if I don't think they're the best games in the world, I still think they're fucking really cool. And I think Sonic Generations is like the coolest idea in the world. And I agree a billion percent. Holy fuck what I wouldn't give for a Mario Generations game. That would be the sickest thing in the world. Day one. Oh my God. That'd be, maybe that's the next game we'll will. We've willed so many games into existence here on this podcast. Maybe we should concentrate our efforts on a Mario Generations. Uh, but I do promise. I don't know when. At some point, I am going to play Sonic Generations. I have it on. I have it. I got it. It's right here. It's fucking three feet from me on my Xbox. I just haven't got around to playing it yet. Thanks for writing in, Johnny. Wooly Bully wrote in and said, What's a series that's non Nintendo? that you'd like to see come back. I've been playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I was thinking about how much I'd love another Jack and Daxter game. Uh, yeah, Wooly, Jack and Daxter's pretty high on my list as well. Although I would want it to be more like Jack 1, because I thought Jack 2 and Jack 3 were both kind of meh, meh. Uh, but I would love another Jack and Daxter. I think the number one franchise that's not Nintendo that I want to see brought back is probably Twisted Metal. And I mean, I'm sure tons of people have answers for this. Like, I think we've even done this on our expansion pass a couple of times. Uh, talked about franchises we want to see brought back. But I think 
And I know there's rumors out there that they're making another Twisted Metal, but now that we're getting a new Ninja Turtles game, I would say Twisted Metal is probably my number one. F-Zero is up there as well, but that's Nintendo, and you said I couldn't go with Nintendo. So I'll, I'll just stick with, I'll twi- I'll stick with Twisted Metal. That's the one that I want. Thanks for writing in, buddy. Matt Pierpoint wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, so I was browsing my local retro store and came across Tekken 3 for the original PlayStation. I picked it up immediately because this was the game me and my brother would dump quarters into at our local pizza shop. I know you don't like fighting games, but I was wondering if you've ever tried the series before and if you'll ever review any of the series on the podcast. Probably not, Matt. I, I'll be honest, like, I've never played a Tekken game. Um, but if you're newer to our podcast, like we have covered a couple fighting games in the past. I know we have a Street Fighter 2 episode. There's a Mortal Kombat episode. We've done Killer Instinct. Um, I just, I really, 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 really fucking suck at fighting games. I don't get them. I, I appreciate them and respect them. I love watching high-end fighters, like, people play them. I really suck at those games. And honestly, like, it has zero to do with my guests from those episodes, but those are some of my least favorite episodes of Remember the Game because I really feel like I've mailed it in on those ones and I'm kind of just counting on my guests to carry the load for the episode. So never say never, but don't expect a Tekken or any, really a lot of other fighting games. Don't expect an episode about them anytime soon because I just, they're just, they're they're just a, they're a whole nother language to me. I just don't get them, but. Thank you for uh, for writing in, Matt. And enjoy your Tekken. Fuck yeah. I've heard good things about Tekken. Uh, maybe we'll do Turtles Tournament Fighters when that Kawabunga collection comes out. I never played the Tournament Fighter games either. Because again, still fighting games. But maybe those ones will get on here. Uh, Lord Finish wrote in and said, Just a little tip for everybody listening. Go watch Adam's Super Ghouls and Ghosts Let's Play on YouTube. What an epic four-hour-long meltdown. I've heard, never seen or heard Mr. Angry Adam get so angry. It's just wonderful that this guy has managed to create such a warm, friendly, and non-toxic gaming community. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Finish. That, yes, you're right. It is It is incredible. that Because, dude, when I get angry at a video game, I'm amongst the most toxic fucking gamers in the world. Um, and yeah, thank you for, uh, the plug and I'll just plug it again. YouTube.com slash remember the game. If you're interested, I have a ton of let's plays over there. We've got some where I get angry and some where I don't, I'm trying to think like there's super Mario world, Mario two, Mario three, Donkey Kong country, uh, earthworm Jim two, super ghouls and ghosts. I got really fucking mad at earthworm Jim two and super ghouls and ghosts. Uh, blaster master is over there. The adventures of Bayou Billy is over there. Uh, Mega Man X is on there. There's just a whole bunch. I Goldeneye is the new one I just uploaded this month. It was Goldeneye 007. I played through the whole campaign for the first time in forever on an actual 64 with the controller and stuff. Uh, YouTube.com slash remember the game if you're interested in checking out some Let's Plays. Thanks, Lord Finish. Uh, Vigo the Butch wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I know that the Montreal Canadiens have been out of the playoff hunt since about game one of the season, but who do you think is going to take the cup this year? I'm thinking the Avalanche are pretty unstoppable. I'm rooting for my Penguins, but if they don't make it, then I'm cheering for the Florida Panthers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Vigo. Two of, two or three of you wrote in about hockey this week, so I'll just quickly weigh in. Yes, I am a Montreal Canadiens fan, and yes, they have been eliminated from the playoffs since about the third game of the season. Um... I think Colorado will win the cup. And frankly, I'm kind of pulling for Colorado to win the cup. I like Colorado. I would have zero beef with the Florida Panthers winning either. But I'm I'm cheering for... Yeah, I'm going to officially put my weight behind the Colorado. I like the Avalanche a lot. And I really like uh, Nathan McKinnon. So I'd like to see him get his cup. So we'll go with the Colorado Avalanche. That's my pick. Uh, Ocelot of Woe wrote in and said, Hi, everybody. I always... Hi, Ocelot. 
Uh, <laughs> I should have done that better. Hi, everybody. Uh, I always thought it'd be interesting to start a podcast. I'll probably never settle on a subject, but in the event I do, I feel that I have to ask you a personal question. What kind of microphone do you use? So I do, dude, hardly a week goes by where I don't get at least one question about podcasting and the blowing in the cartridge. And I don't read them on here very often because... I don't know if that's interesting to like the 99% of people that aren't looking to start a podcast, but just as a quick heads up for all of you that write in on Patreon every week for blowing in the cartridge, feel free to DM me if you have podcast questions and I'll answer them. Even if I don't read them on the show, I may not be the guy that can offer the best advice because I don't really know what I'm doing, but anything I can do to help, I'd be happy to. As far as what type of microphone I use, uh, what kind is this? It's a, it's a Shure SM7B. When I started out, I was using a Shure SM58, which if you don't know, is like the same microphone you see at like any comedy club or like bands use, the classic black handle with the silver disco ball on top. Then I upgraded to the Shure SM7B last year, which is the one I'm talking into right now. And this is the one you see a lot of YouTubers and podcasters and stuff use now. It's that weird uh, kind of black corn on the cob looking style microphone. And uh, I've been really, really happy with it. It's a little bit more technical to set up when you don't know how this stuff works like me. Cause you need to get like a audio boosting thing to make the, the volume better. And then a mixer to plug it into and stuff like that. Uh, but I've been really, really happy with it. I use this for everything now, streaming, let's plays, podcasting, all of it. Um, yeah. So anyway, feel free to DM me if you have any other questions about, about podcasting and I'll do my best to help you. And finally, before we move on from this segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Johan Mejia. I hope I said that right. Yo, I'm, I really don't, I either completely butchered the fuck out of that or I nailed it. I'm hoping I nailed it. I uh, wrote in and said, what is up, Adam? I was just wondering why a guy with such magnificent taste in video games like you loves so many wrestling video games. Not that I have a beef with the genre. It's just for me, they're like the FIFA games. Very repetitive and always the same. I remember when my little brother had an obsession with these types of games. I used to love WWE when I was a kid and I watched it every Saturday morning, but no more than that. Keep doing a great job. You're killing it. Cheers. Thank you, Johan. Um, yeah, I don't like, I don't. Listen, I used to be big into sports games of all genres. Like, I loved wrestling games. I loved hockey games. Uh, I used to play Madden pretty regularly. I love the Mario sports games, as many of you know. MLB The Show has been an addiction for me. The Tony Hawk Pro Skater games were an addiction for me. Um, I like sports games. I like the repetition because I feel like when you sit down to play a sports game, you just kind of know what you're getting. It's not like a platformer where you're like, I hope, or a, or a fucking RPG or something where you're like, hope I find another save point. I hope that I don't die and lose a bunch of progress or anything. A sports game, you just sit down and you're like, I feel like playing some hockey or I feel like wrestling a match or boxing or fucking uh, whatever. And it's just wrestling, whether you consider pro wrestling a sport or not, which I do, uh, pro wrestling has always been my favorite sport. I just love it. And so I love playing wrestling games and you know going through careers and having feuds with the characters and the wrestlers that I loved on TV and stuff. Um, I, the, the, I haven't played a lot of them lately and it's not, it's, I don't, I have no problem with repetitive gameplay when the gameplay is fun. It's when the gameplay sucks that I have a problem with repetitive gameplay because you're like, ah, this sucks. I don't want to keep doing it over and over again. And I don't feel like wrestling games have stuck the landing lately. Apparently WWE 2K22 is pretty good. I'm pretty close to picking it up at some point. I'm going to, I think. Um, but yeah, I just have always loved, I mean, going back as far as the Super Nintendo and then obviously the Nintendo 64 took over my life uh, when it came to wrestling games. I just really... It's just a video game version of like legitimately maybe the like probably the two things I'm the most passionate about in my entire life have been video games and wrestling. So I think that's a big part of it too is you just take one of my two favorite things and make it have sex with my other favorite thing. 
it's it's peanut butter and chocolate. It's wrestling and video games. So, um, which is why the Simpsons wrestling game should have been the fucking like the ah, like the holy come like the, the the greatest thing of all time. But instead, it was just an abomination of fucking ass. But anyway, yeah. So I guess I don't really have a good answer for it. I just really love pro wrestling, and being able to play it makes it more fun. Um, and I, if I had more time to play more games, I would still be playing tons of sports games. Cause I just love playing sports games. I just don't have time anymore. Plus I suck at sports in real life. So it's fun to be able to not suck at them on a video game. That's going to do it for blowing in the cartridge this week. Thank you so much for all the submissions, everybody. Let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game industries, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And uh, this week, I figured we're talking Dino Crisis, so I went with three more dino-centric games for the contestants' row. We have Jurassic Park for the SNES, Dino Park Tycoon for the PC, and Turok Dinosaur Hunter for the Nintendo 64. And there was some confusion in the early running as to what what, iter- what iteration of Jurassic Park I was using because the, the image for Play 1, Remake 1, Erase 1 didn't upload. So people just saw Jurassic Park and didn't know which one it was. So I'm wondering if maybe that skewed the votes a bit because there's so many of the games. Uh, but 36% of you voted to play Dino Park Tycoon, Remake Turok, and Erase Jurassic Park. So it's controversial due to the Jurassic Park mix-up, but I like the logic. I thought Dino Park Tycoon was fucked, and I love that game. That is not what I would do, though. I would not play Dino Park Remake Turok and Erase Jurassic Park. Um, I'll tell you what I would do in just a minute, but let me see what a few of you had to say here first. Uh, where the fuck was I here? Uh, Brandon McCafferty wrote in and said, Despite the shitty graphics, Turok was one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games with inspired bosses, inventive and badass weapons like the Fusion Cannon and Secrets Galore, so I'll play that one. Remake Jurassic Park because I think there's a great game in there somewhere, but the SNES version was bogged down by poor controls in first-person mode and no save feature. I got to erase Dino Park Tycoon because I never played it, and I'm sorry, Adam, but business sims are just not my cup of tea. Yeah? Well, you're not my fucking cup of tea, Brandon McCafferty, so... I mean, I'm not going to put you on double secret probation because you played by the rules, but you're, I can't, that's all I got. I don't have any other, I, I, what I do, when I put your comment into the notes, I was like, oh yeah, then I'm going to tell him he's not my cup of tea and then I'm going to light him up, but I don't have anything to add to it. So sound logic, but you're wrong. That's not the right answer. Uh, James Floyd wrote in and said, I've only ever played Turok, so I'd remake it. I want to stab a brontosaurus in the neck with a knife in 1080p. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I would play Dino Park Tycoon because it's a tycoon game. How bad can it be? Which leaves me with a racing Jurassic Park. I've never played it, but I can't imagine it can capture the beauty or the accent of Sam Neill. I'll just have a puff and watch the movie. And I see, I think that's, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with the racing Jurassic Park because you're like, I could, the movie's probably better. The movie is better. That's such, that's fucking one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't know if that's a controversial take or not, but I fucking love the first. All the future ones are various levels of shit but the first jurassic park is fucking outstanding i fucking love it so i can live with the racing and to just watch the game or watch the movie as well c-spin 
wrote in and said, play Turok. I really loved the second game as a kid, and I'd love to play the original to see where it started. My favorite weapon was the tech bow, and I would wreck shop with it on Seeds of Evil. Remake Jurassic Park, because I've never played it, and seeing videos of the switching from third person when you're outside to first person when inside would look a lot better with current-gen graphics. Erase Dino Park Tycoon. I've never really been able to get into these types of games. The building aspect is fun, but it gets boring to me pretty quickly. And you know what's funny? Is they do to me too, but I still love them. I love business tycoon games and shit like that, even... Even though I get bored of them a lot of the time. I get bored of them as soon as my business starts going poorly. I like those types of games until the second one thing goes wrong with my company. And then I'm like, ah, fuck it. This is a stupid game anyways. Uh, the 16-bit Big Boss wrote in and said, I'm going to try to be a little bit of a contrarian here and pick the unpopular opinion. I'm going to play Jurassic Park because it's on the SNES and I've never played it. I'm slowly working my way through the entire SNES library. Oh, Jesus. And I'll eventually play it. Remake Dino Park Tycoon on the level of Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 with all the expansion packs and all that jazz. Erase Turok. I don't like shooters all that much anyways. Uh, all right. Yeah, I can get all, yeah, that, there's, oof, gonna play every game in the SNES library. <laughs> you got some pain in front of you, son, but yeah, I, all right, I can get on board with that. Uh, I, you know what, I was gonna say something, but I'll save my answer for like, I'll, I'll give you my answer in like one minute. Uh, you touched on something that I like, though. Phil M. wrote in and said, I played Dino Park Tycoon because I've never played a Tycoon game before, so why not make this my first one? I'd remake Turok because it'd be great to see it with modern graphics and modern RPG type of gameplay, and I'd erase Jurassic Park because the movies were already good and it doesn't need to be a game. If I'm wrong, fight me. <laughs> I read your comment just because of that. If I'm wrong, fight me. That's fucking, that reminded me of Caddy Tattinger the Patty, or what is it, Patty Tattinger the Caddy Manager from Family Guy. Yeah, so it rhymes. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? I love that. The idea that you just... <laughs> if I'm wrong, fight me. I fucking love it. I'll see you at the monkey bars, Phil. Because uh, you are wrong. But uh, I respect your logic. And Dino Park Tycoon was my first business sim as well. So you're on the right path. And finally, the BOA wrote in and said, Play Turok because despite it having shitty Nintendo 64 controls, it's still a pretty decent shooter. Remake Jurassic Park because the franchise deserves a really good video game, not this semi-polished dog turd. And erase Dino Park Tycoon because, because outside of you talking about it, I'd have no idea this game existed. So I guess maybe it wasn't that good and it likely wouldn't be missed much. And see, and I, you're not wrong. And that's why I thought everybody would erase Dino Park Tycoon because I was like, no one's going to give a fuck about this game except me. But apparently some people do, which warms my heart a bit. But you're... There's nothing wrong with that logic, Boa. Um, a whopping 10% of you voted the same way that I went this week, including Eel Neckhart, who wrote in and said, Play Turok. It's the most playable of these three in 2022. It's a 90s as fuck first-person shooter slash 3D platformer hybrid. And if that's your thing, go have at it. Graphics look surprisingly good for an early 3D game, especially on console. Remake Dino Park Tycoon. As a fan of PC strategy games, early 90s titles were notorious for atrocious, aggressively unintuitive user interfaces. And this was no exception. Update the graphics, allow the players to see the information they need to ex and execute what they want to do winner definitely keep the sense of humor and then erase jurassic park uh because why go back to this no maps no saves and a style of game nobody would play these days they would have been better off porting it the gen porting the genesis game now listen i agree with your order eel neckhart but i staunchly disagree and i've not played turok in my life but i staunchly disagree that it's the most playable of these three because no nintendo 64 game is the most playable in 2020. I, some are going to argue with me. I, I do want to play Turok eventually. I think Dino Park... I, I Anyway, I would go with the same order. Not different same, different logic, but the same order. I would play Turok because I never have. Frankly, I think I'll hate it. 
I think I'll hate that fucking game, but I got to play it first to know for sure. So eventually I will. Someday I'm going to play Turok. I'm going to remake Dino Park Tycoon because it's awesome, but it could be way, 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 way better. And going back to what, um, who said it? I think it was 16-bit Big Boss who was like, remake it like Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's what I would do. Just give me Roller Coaster Tycoon, but with dinosaurs, I'm fucking all over it. And then I'm going to erase Jurassic Park, even though I've never played it either, just because there's a million Jurassic Park games. And I would rather just smoke a joint and watch the first one as well. So I could I could live without that video game. And if I am going to play one, I'll play the new uh, the, the business sim ones because that looks like fun. So that's what I would do. Thank you to everyone that wrote in to play, play one, remake one, erase one this week. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get into Dino Crisis. Uh, I finished Horizon Forbidden West on the PS5. As I mentioned, I'll be reviewing it on tomorrow's episode of Expansion Pass. Spoiler free as always. Uh, I'm also still playing Final Fantasy Tactics as I get ready for Remember the Game number 200. I'm not telling you a fucking thing about what I think about it. You're going to have to listen to the podcast when it comes out. Uh, I've also been playing Kirby and the Forgotten Land on the Nintendo Switch because I picked it up after so many reviews were good. Plus, I thought my girlfriend would enjoy it. And I got to be honest, like, I'm going to review it in a, in a couple weeks on Expansion Pass. But, like, I'm liking it way more than I thought I would. Very, very easy, but not, like just hold the left stick over and walk and you can't lose easy. I'm, I'm really enjoying Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, and I finished playing through Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. I played it from the Advanced Collection on my Switch. It's originally a GBA game. Uh, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks here on an episode of Remember the Game. If Pardon me if you're interested in that. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk Dino Crisis, the main event. That's why you folks are here. I like to give a couple of you a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I hog the spotlight. Uh, Ghost of Johnny Drip Drip. I love that handle because I fucking hate that gimmick. And if you know, if you watch WWE, you know who Johnny Drip Drip is. Uh, Ghost of Johnny Drip Drip wrote in and said, I remember despising how Dino Crisis controlled, but loving nearly everything else about it. Granted, it's been a long time, but anytime someone wants to put dinosaurs in a sci-fi game, sign me the hell up. And I agree with you. I think some of the puzzles are a little bit eh, not great, but by and large, the only real issue with this game is that it controls like a PS1 fucking video, like tank control Resident Evil game. And I I don't hate those controls. I I think you get used to them. Um, But I think everything else about this game is pretty rad as well. Stephen Parnell wrote in and said, I love this game as much as the Resident Evil games. The only, plain, the only pain was the Raptors jumping out of the bush. I would love a complete remaster of this game, just like Resident Evil 2. I'm looking forward to when you play Dino Crisis 2. Keep up the amazing work on the show. Dude, I never even thought of that. Or maybe I did. Maybe I don't. doesn't matter. We might have talked about it on the podcast but of, uh, that you're about to listen to. But a fucking Resident Evil 2 remake style remake of Dino Crisis would be a day one, minute one fucking purchase for me that would be so fucking sick god that'd be awesome Declan McGarry wrote in and said Dino Crisis was a game I never got to finish I was 10 years old when it released and it was just too complicated and complex for me to wrap my head around uh the from's <laughs> uh from Spyro the Dragon to Bloodthirsty Velociraptors and T-Rexes was just too was just a step too far however Lee I vividly remember the sheer terror I felt playing the demo for the first time when the infamous scene of the T-Rex smashes its head through the office windows it scared the absolute shit out of me Dino Crisis 2 went on to be one of my all time favorites on the PS1 the run and gun action suited my style of gameplay better but the original is a game I've always meant to go back to just to give it that one good over that one good try over 20 years on uh, definitely go back to it at some point I'm super pumped Tyler actually my guest this week gets Dino Crisis 1 and 2 mixed up for a couple minutes uh, as you're about to hear but like it got me just more excited to play Dino Crisis 2 I, I gotta play this fucking game at some point and I can't imagine trying to solve those puzzles at 10 years old I would have been I, I was fucked at 38 
much less a 10. Uh, Super Nintendo Chalmers wrote in and said, I never got to play this game, but I was able to see it being played by my friend that had it. I remember him struggling with some of the puzzles and wasting so much ammo. One day I was always hoping that I could play it. I still do, though now it would be an amazing to see a remake. Agreed, 100%. And yeah, those puzzles are fucked. And finally, Munch Makuchi wrote in and said, I doubt there are many out there who are bigger fans of these early survival horror games than I am. After playing the original Resident Evil, I became a survivor horror junk survival horror junkie. As a bit of an expert on these titles, I can comfortably say that the original Dino Crisis was a gold standard of the era. It surpasses Resident Evil and even the fantastic Silent Hill 2. I've beaten this game close to three dozen times in my life, and it has never gotten old. It also had the most thought out and innovative puzzles of any game in the genre. I will never forget the first time I solved the container moving game in those goddamn pipes. Those pipes are fucked. Though the direct follow-up with decent action game was far from a satisfactory installment. I like to try to live in a world where the third title never released, and thus the series is still fantastic. With all the remakes coming out, I'm holding out a lot of hope that we see another Dino Crisis, but alas, Capcom is very scattergun with their approach to their back IPs. Agreed 100%. That puzzle, that fucking pipe puzzle pisses me off, but it's not the worst puzzle in the game. You're going to find out what the worst puzzle of the game is in about 90 seconds when my buddy Tyler and I start talking Dino Crisis. I'm going to cue up some music. And when it stops, we are going to look back at Capcom's Dino Crisis, which originally released on the PlayStation in North America on August 31st, 1999. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is a good buddy of mine, frequent guest here on the show, fellow nerd. It's uh, it's my buddy Tyler. How's it going, man? Doing really well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know how I. It's so funny because I always say, "How's it going?" And then you're always like, how, "Like my guest." I was like, "How are you?" And it's like we literally just talked for half an hour. We both know exactly how. <laughs> we, like I'll give. I'm, I'm letting the audience behind the seat. We both know exactly how everything's fucking going. Um, we've, but we're not going to talk covered about how the kids are. We've covered how the wives are. Yeah. We've I talked about my hemorrhoids and shit. Like we're, we've covered all of the important stuff. Um, I'm actually talking over that. It's going through the thing. Sorry, you cut out there, buddy. What was that? I said we've both bonded over that. We're going through the same thing. Yeah, we're both we're bonded over our hemorrhoids. Exactly. And that'll do yeah, it for this week's episode of Hemorrhoid <laughs> or Wart. Uh, come back next week. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, a, that's a new low for Remember the Game. A new low. Um, we're talking Dino Crisis this week. And uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you, because I know that you you played this far earlier than I did. I played this for the first time about three weeks ago after it won our Patreon poll. And... Like, I think the easy way to describe Dino Crisis is Resident Evil with dinosaurs. And now that I've played through it, I'm like, I don't know if that's a fair description, but I also think that's a, that's a fair, it, it is like, it really like, like the graphics to the cheesy voice acting to the controls, to the puzzle solving mixed with the combat. It, it, it kind of is Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Uh, yeah um same studio right same studio yeah. and it was coming off of the success of resident evil 2 i think the dino crisis came out in like 99 or 2000 something like that so yeah you know they they had a they had a smash hit with resident evil series and pretty much were like well let's do that uh let's pick a different bad guy dinosaurs it's yeah. not a survival horror game it's a panic horror game because you're panicked 
but that it and it, dinosaur. And you know what? I like. I really loved it because I gotta say, like, I love these old tank control games. I know some people don't like them, and if you never played them before, I could see how you'd pick them up now and be like, "Holy fuck!" Like, how do you play this? But like. Now, now, but it, here's the thing: is like I like the tank control mechanic when it comes to Resident Evil, and when you're dodging really slow moving zombies, I'm like, it works. It adds to the tension. I did at times. I expect dinosaurs to be more dangerous and more powerful than zombies, but at times I did find it infuriating. This all fuck that I was moving super slow and had those fucking tank controls, but instead of dealing with a slow moving former janitor that's coming to eat my brain i'm dealing with a gather a fucking raptor like I, yeah. I i i like those controls i just found them a little bit frustrating when it came to dealing with dinosaurs with them uh, yeah absolutely and i think that's where they make the distinction of like panic horror you're yeah. panicking when you're using the controls uh pretty good description of it yeah um the other the other big difference um and you might not have, like notice this but uh this game was pretty much like I don't, not a tech demo, but they were like, Hey, we're going to try something different from the Resident Evil game. Um, which gave them more camera mobility and was like a big, um, just an example of them pushing the envelope. And then just, this came out also like just on the heels of the PlayStation two. So I think they were like ready to make that leap to the next gen console. Oh, um, all, yeah. of, all of the backgrounds are 3d renders as opposed to 2d pre-rendered artwork, which is Resident Evil one and two. Sure. Cause all the backgrounds, you know, very like are you know pre-drawn essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. But and all your your three D your three D characters just moving on those two D objects, whereas this had three D objects, and they didn't make it so you can move the camera, but they could have. Yeah, and and like, listen, I'm gonna get into that because I still have a gripe with those. Oh, oh mother. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Let's just fucking do. Okay, so I'm gonna warn everybody. At some point, we're gonna get into the story, and at some point, we're gonna get into the spoilers because we are gonna spoil this story. I guess if by fluke you've never played this in ten seconds or less, uh, you control these agents. They're not like FBI agents; they're like secret agents or whatever. And you end up on this fucking island where it's like a laboratory, and there's dinosaurs. And we'll get into the rest of it later because I, I just in case you like listen to this episode and you have no fucking idea what Dino Crisis is, it's that, and then it's it's Resident it's Resident Evil with dinosaurs. But I yeah. gotta say. And you, what? You're not you're not part of a special police force called Stars. You're, you're not. You're not part of Stars. You're part of Secret Operation Raid Team or Sort. Uh, it's not Resident Evil. This it's not. not it's, it's not. not. But now on that, I wanted to talk because you were talking about the backgrounds and I got to just like, I understand this is a product of the times. Okay. I played Final Fantasy seven. I played Dino Crisis. I played Resident Evil. I played Parasite Eve. I understand how these games work and some of the technical limitations, but I've got to say, I have a couple of gripes with this game and my biggest gripe with this fucking game is, is that that classic just mashing X all the time to see what you can interact with. And I got stuck at one point in this game, Tyler, for almost an hour before I finally was like, I have gone through the entire fucking map. Where haven't I gone? And then I looked at the map and it turned out where I was trying to go was exactly where I had to go. It was to access this giant computer panel in this computer room where the guy's secret lab is behind it. I just wasn't pushing X directly in front of the control panel. I was a little bit beside it, but it didn't look like anything I could interact with. It just looked like part of the background. So it never, it never like 
oh, motherfucker. Like, if I'm looking at the fucking computer screen and I push X and the computer, the control panel for the computer screen is, is six inches to my left, then how about instead of saying, oh, this is a big computer, why don't you say it's probably worked by that control panel over there? Tell me that I have to move my character 10 pixels off to the side to activate the control panel. I was so fucking mad. I never got that mad when dinosaurs ate me, although the T-Rex pissed me off. None of that made me as mad as there were two or three instances, and I've had that with all these games, and I get that it's a product of the times. I'm not going to take points off it, but anyone that played these games, you've played a lot of these games. Back in the day, you know what I'm talking about. That non-stop mashing of X, just hoping that you can find something you can interact with. Mother fuck is that infuriating sometimes. Oh, I have been saving that for three weeks since I beat this game and you and I have been trying to get that together to do this podcast. Fuck. I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Like that shit makes me yeah. so mad. Fuck me. Yeah. And I mean, like like you said, rationally, it's because like it was a new way that they were doing the background. So like in Resident Evil, you know, the typewriter's obvious, but that's because it's a 3D rendered object overlaid on a 2D background. Right. They they did something new with this, and they didn't think like, hey, objects are going to be hard to find. Maybe we should highlight them or make them a little bit obvious. Right. They, it just, everything blended together. Well, because that's the other thing, right, is like some some of these games like, uh, like when you think of like Final Fantasy VII, like the materia was it, was, it like glue, it, it glowed, like you could tell where where it was, and like yeah. Metal Gear Solid, when you could pick up an item, it was floating in the air, spinning around, and some games would have like a little shine on something you could interact with, and I'm fine with all of that. I get that you had to do a little something to make it stand out. I could tell clear as fuck that I had to interact with this fucking computer. Just God forbid that I didn't have Regina, uh, and it's so funny because I've been so tempted to call her Regina this entire time. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm on board with that. So that's the main character is Regina. Regina, and it's con- confirmed despite its spelling and living in Canada, wanting to say Regina. Yeah, if anyone doesn't uh, know, we have a town. We have a, a town. It's a well, it's kind of a town. There's a city in Saskatchewan here in Canada that's that's spelt exactly the same as Regina, but it's pronounced Regina. And so the whole time yeah. I'm playing it, every time they're calling her Regina, I'm like, you guys are saying it wrong. It's fucking Regina. <laughs> um, but like, I was getting so. I'm just like. I get that it's, I, I understand why it's like that, but it's like, for the love of fuck, all you got to do is just tell me like, oh, you, you have to use the panel over, like, just guide me just a little bit because it wasted so much of my time because I hate looking up walkthroughs for games like this because to me, dude, the genius of these games, the Dino Crisis, the Resident Evils, is this, it's like, a I, in, for lack of a better term, it's like a giant escape room and I love the solving of the puzzles, but it's like, yeah, when I don't well, know, sure. what's that? Oh, I was going to say for sure. No, I think that's, the main charm to those is the giant puzzle. Yeah, like absolutely. The action, the action is just up the stakes, but the puzzle is what's exciting. Agreed. And it's just like, bro, when the fucking when I when the thing I need to interact with to solve the puzzle, like when I'm clicking right beside it, like anyway, it's I'm done. I'm done ranting about it. It's a product of the times. It's okay. Like if a game came out today like that, I would be like, this is unacceptable. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But back then, it's I get it. It's understandable. Um, well. I- and even like there's there's very hard games that are out today that are you know completely immersive shooters and whatever where the objects are still more obvious than in Dino Crisis. Like, yeah, absolutely. Escape from Tarkov, the Arma games, stuff like that. Where I like I don't know if you really interact too much in Arma. You can build shit, but but any of those games, like everything you interact with is more obvious than in Dino Crisis. So yeah, that just puts it into like relative perspective. Yeah. 
Now, uh, that said, though, like, this game is still fucking dope. I, I had so much fun as soon as I hopped into it because, like, I realized very quickly, like, this plays like Resident Evil. Um, but, they, yeah, it is. It's dinosaurs. And I got to say, like, the, the like it can be frustrating at times when you fucking die at the hand of a dinosaur. And I do think it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I, 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 I agree that it should take more than two bullets from a handgun to put a fucking dinosaur down. But, like, you don't have the agility or the the ability the maneuverability to dodge these dinosaurs attacks so like you unload a clip and that fucking raptor just keeps coming and then you start to realize like i and i play resident evil games like this i don't know why i didn't think to just start playing it like this earlier like nine times out of ten i wasn't even shooting it was just running by and just trying to get past them and like using the laser grids to get past them and stuff like that um yeah but as frustrating as it is i think it i think that like the how overpowered the dinosaurs are adds so much to the fucking game. Like I loved it. Cause you hear dude. And I'm I, I, like Tyler, you know, when you go to like an L shaped hallway and there's that fixed camera and you can't see anything, but you can just hear that. Like, and you're like, motherfuck, there's a raptor in here. And it's just, it, it took me back to like the kitchen scene in Jurassic park, but for the whole game, yeah. it was awesome. Absolutely. Ah, oh. absolutely. I loved it. So anyway, uh, but like, what about you? Did you fight? Like, okay, I meant to ask you this 11 minutes ago. I meant to ask you this. I played this last week or like last month. Did you, did you play this? Like you played this in its day? Like when it came out? Yeah. When it came out. Um, did it seem as impressive? Like it probably seemed more impressive back then. Like, did you um, like it better than resident evil? Yeah, I, I liked it better than resident evil one, but not better than two and three. That's fair. I can get on board I, so I liked, yeah, I liked Dino Crisis 1 better than Res 1. I liked Resident Evil 2 and 3 better than Dino Crisis 1. And Dino Crisis 2, I was really good at the, the uh, extra mode that I think it was called. Oh, I forget what it was called. But they had this extra mode. Once you beat the game, that you could do a time trial thing oh, okay. and get graded on how well you did. And I was like almost a savant at that where I played it so many times where I was getting like S plus grades and so that, like, the competitive nature I have almost elevates that mode above other things. But I got gotcha. you. I got you. Um, yeah, I, I think definitely, I like this. Definitely liked them better than one, Resident Evil 1. See, I think I like this one better than 1 and 3. Because I, I, I don't care for Resident Evil 3. I think it's okay. But, like, Resident Evil 2 is... I still think Resident Evil 2 is, is fucking... Oh, that game is sex. I love that fucking game. But like, this is very close because those dinosaurs just add so much to it. I and I and you know what? I I, I also will say, um, and you pointed out that this game came out like in 1999. The PS2 is coming around like it's up the, it's around the corner. I I get all that, but like, uh, like dude, so many PS1 games that aren't 2D like Symphony of the Night have just aged terribly as far as graphics go. I actually thought this game looked pretty good. I was pretty surprised. Like playing it for the first time in 2022, I was like, "You, you probably could have convinced me that was an early PS2 game. I would have believed that." Yeah, absolutely. It it uh, it holds up surprisingly well. Like the people look a little boxy and everything, but I mean, for the most part, you know, Regina, Regina, whatever, Regina, <laughs> Regina. Yeah, I know it's so hard, and people are gonna make fun of us. But like, you don't understand. We have hey, a Regina. We, it's, yeah, it's it's programmed into us. Yes, exactly. Um, no, like she looks good. The backgrounds look really good. The dinosaurs aged incredibly. Bro, well. the dinosaurs think, look sick. Yeah, like the texturing, the like the overlay skins and everything. They look awesome. Yeah. They look actually like 
really good. I I would even believe that like if it was just the dinosaurs, if that's all I saw, I believe the dinosaurs. This is like a mid to late PS. Yeah, yeah, the dinosaurs look fucking awesome. There was one part where I was in one of the offices, and a dinosaur. Like you think, like oh man, okay. So I left it out there in the hallway. I closed the door. I'm okay. But then sometimes they break through the door because, as we all yeah. know, clever girl, right? They're dinosaurs. They're raptors. They're fucking smart. So then they break through the fucking door, and now I have it in this office. And so I'm trying to leave this fucking table between me and the raptor, and then it jumps up on the fucking table. And I was like, "You are <laughs> these aren't zombies at all. What the fuck is this?" But it was awesome. Other than the fact that it killed me, and then I got mad. Um, but I loved it. I yeah, like the dinosaurs. Steal the show. And you know what else I think is brilliant about the dinosaurs in this game is uh, considering they're the only enemies in the game. Um, I don't think they're overused. Like there's not a ton of them. And I think that it frustrates me that they come back to life. That fucking drives me crazy because I'll waste half my bullets putting one down and it'll come back. But uh, I like that. Like they're not everywhere. You can go for a good five minutes without even running into one. And then suddenly you go to like, and that adds to the tension when you do find one, you know, like they're a yeah, novelty absolutely. almost. I love that. I fucking, ah, oh, ah, oh, I love the dinosaurs in this fucking game. And, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I like I said earlier, I, I want to know what your strategy was for dealing with them. Cause I tried to shoot them. It didn't work. Shotgun worked, but I didn't have a lot of ammo for the shotgun. My favorite weapon in the game was just tranquilizer darts. Oh, really? Yeah. That was my go-to I... like, or I, I like just ran the, like a chicken shit. I like the Mac 10. I never found a fucking Mac 10. What the fuck? Yeah, they had a newsie. How the fuck did I not even find this? Uh, Maybe that's why I wasn't very good. I don't think I had a Mac yeah. 10. I had a shot. I had did a, you did I had, you did you choose to play as Tom? No, I didn't know you could do that either. I thought you could only play as Regina. Are you thinking of Dino Crisis no. 2? No, positive. You play as uh, different characters. Oh, maybe it is two. Maybe I'm mixing I think up you're two. thinking of two because in this one you play as Regina and then you can choose to work with either uh, Rick, the like the fucking cool tech guy, or you could work with um, Gale, the boss, and he sucks. Like the Sarge. I am thinking. I'm thinking of Tom and I'm thinking. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the second one. Or I was so high. Uh, playing this game that um, I missed half of I thought it. Tom, isn't Tom who you're going to see? And he's Tom's already there. on the island? Yeah, yeah, Tom's, okay. yeah, Tom's there, but I don't. you never have a chance. You can only ever play as, I don't think it gives you a choice. I think you just play as Regina. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I never found a goddamn fucking rifle. I, I um, just, I just used tranquilizer darts and ran. <laughs> and, and those, and then those electrical grids. I use those fucking laser grids. Um, those things are godsends because you could run to the other side of a laser grid, turn it on, and then just watch the raptors run into them over and over and over, zapping themselves like idiots. Which is the way you know, use the environment against them. It's yeah. only smart. Yeah, I like that part a lot. Uh, but like fighting them was, I, I thought fighting them was a fucking a waste of time. And then eventually, like at first, I didn't think you could possibly run past them. And then after a little while, I was like, oh, you can totally just run past them most of the time. And even when they get a yeah. hold of you in classic, like, I, like one hit kill would have been fucking garbage. Like, I like that they can chew on you for a good, like, 30 seconds and you can still just run away. And you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how I played a lot of it. I remember, like, I think I'm mixing up a lot of two because that, uh, like I said, I played a lot of that time travel. So there was, like, a grenade launcher, a single shot grenade launcher, a freaking multi-cartridge one, a shotgun. You, you do get a grenade launcher in this one near the end. 
And is there like a two pistols? I thought there was like a really powerful pistol and a weak pistol, maybe. If like there a, was, I don't. I, you could only. I, I only ever found one, but then I upgraded it. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it was. You could get extra parts if you like looked for stuff. Um, and that's and that's something I I love that like, dude, I feel you because I know like that's one of the things I'm worried about for doing an eventual Gears of War episode is like I have to replay that game first because it's, Gears Two is gonna bleed into it so much for me. Um, yeah. I get that. But like another thing I really like about this game is the way that uh, there's like you have to, you you can make choices and the choices like it's not fucking like it's not like KOTOR where you can either go to the dark side or the light side or anything. But like you can make choices and those choices will kind of like like there's replayability because like every time you have a choice between like do I want to team up with Rick? like the fucking tech guy and be like, no, I agree with him. He's got the right idea. Or do I want to be a badass like Gail, like the captain and who's kind of, I fucking hate that guy. He's kind of an asshole. And, uh, and you have like four or five different times throughout the game where you get to make a big decision. And I guess near the end of the game, you get to make a decision that actually affects like how the game ends and stuff like that. But they weren't just like tedious, like meaningless decisions. They were decisions that would like let you play different parts of the game and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. I, I love that idea actually. Yeah, I think there was four or five endings to the game. Yeah, well, I looked because um, I I had a save. I saved right at the end of the game um, to see because like by the end of the game, if you've never played it, by the end of the game, you've got your three agents. There's Gale, there's Rick, there's uh, Regina. I'm gonna say it that way. I don't give a fuck. Plus, there's the doctor <laughs> that like is behind everything, and based on what decisions you make, like. So, like the the doctor won't get away or gail won't get away or like yeah, and, and the it's, doctor was kirk right kirk yes was dr the kirk doctor. Yeah. yeah yeah who i fucking i hate that guy too smug motherfucker um <laughs> but like so i want to get into the like i wanted to touch on this story because i said we were going to spoil everything uh in addition to being able to make decisions i gotta say like this the story like i bro i just finished playing uh, or we were just talking Resident Evil because I, I did Code Veronica a few weeks ago. And I was like, if you asked me what's going on in Resident Evil, I have no fucking idea. I have no... Uh, Umbrella Corporation made zombies. After that, <laughs> I have no, like no clue. Um, and granted, I've only played one of these games, but this game's story is awesome. Like, do you... Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's very uh, user-friendly. Like, I, And I find that with a lot of uh, Japanese titles that I'm confused most of the time. I don't know if that just means I have a dumb American brain or what, but like Final Fantasy VII. Oh, halfway dude. through, I was like, oh. so there's magic marbles. This one dude is like a clone of his mom or the other dude's a clone or, I don't know. It's Cloud, Zach, why? I why doesn't to... he remember being a piece of shit? Oh. Why does he think he's so great? What's happening? Why is he an angel now? Is there a meteorite? Come? I don't fucking get it. I, I, yeah, I have to assume that part of it is the translation, like lost in translation. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. We're going to be doing, we're going to be talking some Final Fantasy VII on the show in the next few weeks. Uh, I, I got like, I don't care what you say. The story in just the PS1, if all you played is the North American PS1 Final Fantasy VII, like sure you get that like Sephiroth is mad and wants to destroy the world, but there's a lot of that game that doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. I agree yeah, with you, and you I don't work, care. You, Yell at me if you want to. You work for sense. Greenpeace at the beginning, maybe, yeah, yeah. but you're not really into it. I don't know. So, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on in that game. The Resident Evil games, I'm fucking lost. But they're fun. I like them, but I'm fucking lost. But like this game, and, you, and there is lots to them. Like the oh, whole Jesus story Christ. arc to the Resident Evil game. 
because there's a whole like family that goes back to like 1910 and blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. Like there's a very deep story there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. But then in this game, you show up to this island and they're apparently working on like weapons there. And then you find out dinosaurs are there. And I spent the entire game again, spoilers. I'm spoiling it. This is your last chance. I don't give you. You've had 23 years. All right. That was your chance. I spent the entire game assuming it was Jurassic Park 2.0. Like they're just in this yeah. lab. They've been developing dinosaurs. Dude, there's actually even one point during the in the game where Rick says, uh, this is just like that movie, which I thought was yeah. fucking genius. Like what a great line. To, but then. Yeah. Does it, it doesn't quite break the fourth wall, but does a little bit, oh, you know, let's. Let everybody know, like, hey, we're aware. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, they're even, like, referencing the movie that they've blatantly ripped off. But then at the end of the yeah. game, you find out that, like, no, what this Dr. Kirk guy has been working on is, like, a time-traveling device. He's been, like, opening portals. And the dinosaurs that were walking the Earth millions and millions of years ago on the very piece of land you're standing now in this lab are being brought to the present and they're walking like, and I'm like, dude, that is such a fucking like some, I guarantee you someone listening to this is like, that's fucking stupid. But I'm like, no, you're fucking stupid. That is a great idea. Like that it's, is so good. It's an awesome twist. You're like, fucking right. It is. Especially when, you know, like, you know, at the time, it's definitely like, oh, it's just another Jurassic Park. Like, and it feels like that the whole time. The whole like, you're game. Like, yeah. You're in this yeah, futuristic like, lab and everything, and it like it it feels just like Jurassic Park. And then at the very end, you're like, oh no, these are actual dinosaurs from 65 million years ago that just got sucked into the present. And frankly, I don't blame them for being a little bit pissed off. Like, what the fuck is going on? I oh. Yeah. Such a great fucking twist, man. I love, loved that. That took the game from like, oh, this is okay to be like, this is a good video game because it was yeah. so well done. I'm so glad that it never got spoiled for me or anything while I was playing. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> and all you listeners, uh, eat it. <laughs> yeah, you had 23 years. I was the last one to play it. So, last, um, last one to not be spoiled, Adam. So, I, I like that. One thing I wish is that. And I, I, I don't know. I, I was going to say, like, I kind of wish there had been more variety of the dinosaurs. But I also think that, like, I already said that, like, I thought it was cool that there's not a lot of dinosaurs. And so to get more variety in, you would have had to put more dinosaurs in it. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, like, like more, um, more volume of dinosaurs. So yeah. Like what have, did they have? They had. Oh, you didn't mean more types. You mean more, more volume. No, I mean, I like, I had... wish, I wish there had been more types, but I don't think you could do it without increasing the volume. And I don't yeah, want more yeah, volume. Because um, I think, what, there was like six, seven, eight types in the first one? Well, there's like, there's a bunch of, there's like velociraptors fucking everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A piece That's of shit. out of your Goomba, right? Yeah. There's like a, yeah, like exactly, bait. yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like the baddest Goombas fucking ever. <laughs> um, there's a T-Rex. It's like, it's like the Super Mario movie where you're expecting a Goomba, a little mushroom, and you get actually like a mutant rat. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Th this game was the Mario <laughs> Brother movie video game. That's what this was. Um, <laughs> it's actually incredible how much of that actually works. Holy shit. Uh, That's awesome. But there's, yeah, there's the fucking raptors. There's the T-Rex. I fuck, I hate that guy. Um... There's like those really little tiny shit disturbing dinosaurs that like hunt in packs. Oh, Com 
Compto something or others. They're like, I, I call them compies because uh, they're in uh, ARC as well. Oh, okay. We just call them compies. It's like Compo's Genothoris or something. It's some. That's their name stuck. I like them, but they never really bother you. Like, they just, like, like, I think you only see them once and they're like eating a corpse. And if you wait around too long, they start chasing you, but I don't think they ever hurt me. Um, yeah, I, I remember in two, in the time trial mode that they were like, because you every dinosaur in the time trial mode that you kill, you get more time to finish the trial. Oh, that's, and they were like, that's cool. It, it, they were easy kills to get, like a couple extra seconds. Sure. And then there's like another kind of like, it kind of looks like a raptor, but it's bigger and meaner that starts showing up mm-hmm. near the end of the game. Um, but like, you know, like, I don't know, like, oh yeah, and then there's pterodactyls too. Uh, which, by the way, I, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate them too. Sons of bitches. Um, so I guess, like, I don't know. It would have been cool to see, like, I, I, I don't, like, oh, fuck. Please don't yell at me, everybody, if you're like, oh, that's just made up for Jurassic Park. Because I don't know a lot about dinosaurs. But, like, remember in Jurassic Park, there were those spitter things with, like, the fans that came out of the side of their heads, like the ones that ate Newman? Yeah. I, like, I would have liked to see, like, some dinosaurs like that. But whatever. It's not a big deal. And I don't even know if that's you a real it? dinosaur or not. I think they're in the second one. Oh, okay. Well, then I got to play the second one now. You're really hyping this. And the bar is high. The second, like the the second one, one. And the, the second one was the first one, but better. Well, that's... Like, right. I thought the second one... Yeah, like, it just did everything better. Okay. So now on that note, I want to ask you then. Um, my other gripe with the with this, this game is uh, I, I love a good puzzle. I like puzzle games. I really... I know everyone listening to this thinks I'm an idiot, and I am. But I'm, I like puzzles. I'm good at puzzle games. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a couple puzzles in this game ho, that are like, h- how? How the fuck? Like, holy fuck. There's some, there's some beasts. Like, uh, does that continue? Because there's some puzzles in this game that are borderline ridiculous, quite frankly. And yeah. I have one in oh, mind. Yeah. I have one in mind in particular. But are, the, are, uh, are I they better? It, I, I'd say they continue being, like, difficult. Okay. See, like, the thing is, I mean, is, like, I don't mind a good puzzle where they're like, oh, like, dude, okay, so, like, early on in this game, you have to find, like, a card, uh, then you have to get an employee's fingerprints, and then you have to go to a computer and reprogram that card with the dead employee's fingerprints and his ID number so that you have a card that works for him so you can get onto the lab. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. I'm down with that. That makes sense. That's fine. There's a part near the end of this fucking game where you're trying to assemble the two parts of his like machine, whatever the fuck they're called. I don't remember what they're fucking called now. And, and I think it's a translation error too, but you go into this what, one area. They were like time gates, something gates. Like what were his machines called? I don't remember. There's like a conductor and, and something else. I think uh, a stabilizer, yeah. stabilizer and the initializer, stabilizer and initializer. Those are the two things, but there's a part where you solve a puzzle, and to solve this puzzle, you have to find a voice. And I solved this one without looking it up, okay? But I had to look up the second part. You have to push a shelf that doesn't in- in- like doesn't lend itself to letting you know you have to push it. The only reason I knew to push it was because at that point, I had figured out you can push pretty well every shelf in this game to find equipment. So you push this shelf. Behind this shelf is a voice recording. Listen to the voice recording, and at the end of the voice recording, it goes like beep, boop, beep, bop. Boop. Then you have to go to the keyboard and figure out what combination of numbers that are all set to different tones you can enter <laughs> to make that keyboard play the beep boop beep boop boop to unlock a thing. So I did that. 
But then I get to a later puzzle where it's telling me to put a zero in front of the two numbers I used to get this part to get another part. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So finally, I looked it up because I'm stuck. It turns out I was actually supposed to write down the numbers that I used for beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, so that I could split them in half, put a zero behind each one, and then enter them to get two parts for the stabilizer and initializer. And that was the part where I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like... And, that, and I, that's I, when that's when Adam realized that Japanese kids are always going to be smarter than me. Always going to be smarter kids. than me. And I'm telling you, I didn't write it down, but there was a translation error on the note that told you to do that. But that was the puzzle. Because, I, dude, I still have it. I'm literally holding it in my hand right now, Tyler. The piece of paper that I used for this game. Because there's tons of parts where, like, you play... Like, do you remember that old game, Simon, where it had, like, the red, blue, yellow colors? Yeah, and yeah, it would yeah. like the, the the combination would get longer, and you had to remember what colors to go. This game's Simon gonna, says, yeah, yeah, I love that game. Uh, there's a All ton right, of puzzles. Time. There's a ton of puzzles in this game where they'll show you different like A through F letters, and then you have to enter like a seven or eight letter like code. And I was like, I'm never going to remember all these. Like, I'm just going to write them down as I'm playing. So I got into the habit of writing those down, writing down ID numbers. Because this game, uh, dude, oh, that's another thing. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm amped up. I've been waiting to do this for like three weeks. I'm fucking amped up. Did you, like, there's a lot of, like, in a lot of games when you find data and notes, it saves it somewhere in like a log for you. Like a lot of the yeah. Resident Evils do. This game doesn't do that. Which was very frustrating. So I'm frustrating, man. 99.9% that 14-year-old me definitely printed off with my dad's paper and printer ink, which was expensive back then. Yes. I uh, printed off like a 200-page walkthrough for this game. Oh, buddy. Like you you <laughs> had to like – because like it would tell you like a five-digit – like like the, remember I mentioned the puzzle where you have to take the dead scientist's fingerprints and, a, and an empty um, uh, ID card, go to a computer, enter his fingerprints, rewrite the ID card. Then it asks you for the – um, ID number associated with those fingerprints and you will have found it somewhere. It's a five digit number, but like it doesn't let you keep it anywhere in your record. So you either have to write it down or remember that five digit number. So like, if you've never played this game, I implore you, if you're not going to use a walkthrough, keep a notepad handy to write shit down and write down every fucking number it gives you. Cause you're probably going to fucking need it at some point. Um, yeah. And even do, even doing all that, I still got fucked by that. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Oh, fuck, that made me angry. Like, what a <laughs> fucking obnoxious fucking puzzle. God damn it. Ah, fuck. Um, and that's why Adam keeps coming back to these types of games. That's I love the them, though. But, like, that's the thing is, like, that sense <laughs> of that sense of accomplishment when you solve it. Ah. Oh, yeah. It's so good, buddy. Um, yeah. And then do you remember, too, there's, like, the other puzzles where it's, like, you have to move sea cans with a crane to like open up a path to get through like an area. <laughs> I forgot about those guys. And like, that was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. Cause like, if, again, if you've never played it, imagine there's like, um, uh, imagine like a four by three grid on the floor and they're like, so that's 12 spaces. Say there's like eight sea cans, eight big, eight big containers in these 12 spots. And you work a crane and you have to move these cans to open up a path to get through. But the problem is you can't just pick up each can and put it down wherever you want. You get the ability to move two to the left, two up, one to the right, one down. And you can use those in any combination that you want, but that's all you can do. And it's like, uh, I don't know yeah, how it's, to it's like doing It's like doing an Rubik's Cube. It like, is. Yeah. You, you can randomly try combinations and you'll get it. But when you figure out how to move the blocks on an Rubik's Cube, how to move the colors, 
Like it becomes really simple. Yes. This is just like that. Like the initial figuring out that stupid puzzle and yeah. like way, way to, you know, way to chalk up a traumatic memory because that comes to mind instantly. I am not mixing <laughs> two and one up for that stupid puzzle. Oh, it was uh, like you literally have to like, you have to play like your two left, then play your one right to be able to move one left. Like yeah. you can't just move one left. You've got to move two right, then come back to the left once. And yeah, like I was doing it on stream in front of people. And I was like, I don't want to look stupid, but I'm starting to feel really fucking stupid because there's got to be an easy way to fucking do this. But then eventually, yeah, eventually it works out and you fucking get it. You just, you just got to start asking your stream for help. No, I hate that. <laughs> I'm like so staunchly against getting help. Um, but like there uh, were the- I, I watched, I watch this one streamer, and that's what he always does. He's so terrible at games, and I watch him because it makes me feel great. Is it is it DSP? <laughs> no, it's you. Oh, it's oh no, <laughs> oh, you piece of shit. Fuck you. I actually, I was gonna say I know where you live, but I don't. You moved. I don't know where you are now. I gotta. Uh, I gotta just take. No, this it's shit. it's it's Aqua FPS. Oh, okay. He's a he does like survival games. Oh, okay. Like, uh, but like uh, rest and stuff. But like I'm like that. Like I hate like when we go to escape rooms, I'm the I'm the last one that wants to ask for a hint. But then at the same time, <laughs> you're just like there's there like when I looked up that fucking that that number solution, which was the only thing the only two things I had to look up playing this game were how the fuck to use that computer and it turned out I just had to stand three fucking inches to the left and I could have used it. And then that one <laughs> number puzzle. And other than that, I figured it all out on my own. Like, I was pretty proud of that. Um, yeah, I think the the number puzzle is the only thing I used to walk through before. Uh, I figured out the secan thing. It just took me a fucking long. Yeah, and they would do like. And then for the second one, I'm pretty sure I just printed off a guide right off the bat. I was in the habit. Of <laughs> just it's just all about just all about efficiency at that point. Um, just wanted the story, but just I wanted I, to know what happened. I really do like the puzzles in this game. I like the way you've got to like. You you'll like you'll find a lot uh, like an elevator that says you need a scientist's approved key card. Then you find a key card. Then you find a computer that can rewrite key cards. But then it says you need a scientist's ID number. Then you find their ID number. But then you find out you also need their fingerprints. Then you find a device that could take fingerprints. So then you take their fingerprints. You have their ID. And like it it's it's all there. It's it can be frustrating. Like I will say that like I did find it a a. a I don't know if it's because of the design or if it was because of my shittiness at games, but there were instances where I felt like it was a little heavy on the backtracking for my tastes. Um, yeah. But at the and same, it might've been them just figuring out their formula. Like, it might've been like we, like we were saying, it's still fairly new. Yeah. It might've um, been. And, and like, I never, I never found it. Uh, Cause in one in Resident Evil one and two, you don't find there wasn't a lot of backtracking. There was a little bit, but not sure. a lot. This might have been them trying something new. Yeah, and it was like I don't even consider it necessarily a negative. It was just a personal preference. I was like, it's a little much. Oh, and I will say right now, the map in this game fucking sucks. Uh, the map in this game yeah. is fucking useless. Fucking useless. Like like your personal map, your mini map. Yeah, like the one you can bring up. Because the problem yeah. is. You it only fills in rooms that you've been to, but then you can find a map for every floor in the game, and you're like, "Do you want to download the map?" And it's like, "Hell yeah!" But then it doesn't tell you which rooms you've been into, and so then you're like, "Fuck, I need to find this." And you're like, "Well, which of these rooms have I not gone to yet?" And when you walk into a room, it doesn't tell you where in the room you are. So sometimes you'll walk oh. into a big room with like four doors, and you're like, "Which room did I just come from?" Like, do you know what I mean? I, I found the map and very then, frustrating. 
Yeah, so then downloading the room maps is actually more of a hindrance than I Yeah, it is. I found that I, I like, yes, quite frankly, I did. I found that to be a bit of a, I found that to be more of a hindrance than a help to download the fucking maps. Cause like, where in the fuck am I? Like, where the fuck am I? And then, oh, and there's just, ah, oh, and there's just so many times where like, you can't go certain places until you like do a certain thing, but there's no way to know that. And I just, I feel like it'd be, uh, this is one of those games that I think is fun the first time through, but I, I think it'd be more fun the second time through. Um, yeah, knowing where you have, knowing where to go, I think, and then playing it through the second time and picking different options to like see different stories yeah. and different missions and stuff. It'd be, I think it'd be a lot well, more fun, especially with like, like I said, I think there was five, four, four, five different endings. Like, it, you know, and your choices mattered. Like, yeah, they did. Definitely played to uh, different events happening, different endings, different, uh, you know different progression yeah and like i was reading about the different endings and stuff afterwards and like the game doesn't necessarily tell you what the difference between route a or route b is but like at the same time it kind of does because most of the time your decision comes down to either siding with uh rick or gail and rick is like the more chill out makes the jokes He's the tech guy. And if you go with him, it's usually more puzzle solving. And if you go with Gale, he's the big gruff sergeant or whatever, the captain. It's usually, uh, my understanding is it's usually a lot more action-based. I side with Rick every time because I hated Gale. And I thought Rick was awesome. Um, <laughs> You're like, you, fu- you fucking nerd. Yeah, but it made you want to, like, it made me want to play the game through for a second time now that I know where to go. Oh, my God. Oh, that's another thing. It, it, gave me, it made me want to play it a second time, kind of knowing a little bit more about how the game works because I was like, well, now I can just experience it from the other side and I won't get stuck at stuff like trying to figure out how to use this fucking computer because I know where I have to click to use the fucking computer. Um, another thing this game does that I thought was cool, but I thought it was just needlessly complicated was the passcodes for doors where you had to find like the key and the disc. Like key and disc. Oh, e. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? And then you'd like, yeah. so you'd, you'd find a door that was like locked by lock E. And then you need to find both a disc and a key for number E the, or letter E. Then go to the door, then put the disc and key in, then solve a puzzle. And the puzzles start out super simple. And then by the end of the game, every time you go to open one of those doors, there just happens to be a maintenance book laying around that you could read explaining to you how to solve it. And they're like, if numbers are listed in the key, then subtract the letters equivalent to those numbers from the coding. If the numbers are listed below the key then remove those rows from the letters in the coding and then mix the final letters to the and it was just like like i get that they're just trying to make puzzles and the puzzles are fun to solve but i was like how the fuck were you guys able to invent time travel to bring dinosaurs to this place but you couldn't figure out how to just set a simple password on your fucking doors like what what I'm hearing is Adam has never been to a secure facility in his life and doesn't understand how the puzzle system works for the Pentagon. Is that is that how like <laughs> if they, like if the U.S. like if Biden decides he's like that's it we're launching nukes is that how it works? They have to go get the two disc the disc in the code or the disc in the yeah, key uh, enter them into a door uh, Mr. solve the puzzle. Yeah, uh, Mr. President, uh, you actually uh, brought black rook key uh you need a white pawn <laughs> yeah yeah you have one um, more attempt at this or it's game over yeah yeah it's uh it's in your office but you need a ruby that Ugh. you have to install above the fireplace mantle and uh then you can get that key yeah like and like <laughs> I, I love those like I, that's one of my favorite things about these games is those little puzzles but sometimes they're just a little bit you're like what the fuck what the fuck who decides this what the fuck <laughs> is this 
Um, <laughs> Someone gets like when the dinosaurs first show up, one of their you know scientists gets bitten. Oh, we need to get him to the infirmary. Uh, yeah, yeah, the new security systems in. Uh, yeah, we're probably just gonna let him die. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Getting, Why? We're not getting in there. It's complicated. It'll take us like three days. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> the passcode. There's a disc we need. Uh, you know what? Let's just put him out of his misery. It's, and it's you know what? It's funny because you brought that up, the idea of like somebody like dying out and they can't get him to those fucking rooms. Um, <laughs> this game doesn't show you your health. No, no, not at all. Which I find weird. Like I know that Resident Evil would just show the like good caution, danger, whatever. But like this game, yeah, they had, your, they had your heartbeat, right? Like yeah. Resident Evil had your little heartbeat, so you could tell they did the you know green, you're all right, and then uh, yellow, and then red, better eat that plant. Yeah. Whereas like this game, like they would give me health kits, and I thought that it was cool the way that you could get like the resuscitation kits that would bring you back if you died and let you just try again, and you could get like stim yeah. packs that would just stop bleeding but wouldn't actually bring you any health back, and you could get all these amplifiers to mix with your items to like increase their potency and stuff like that. And I thought all that was really cool, but I was like, I'm the type of person that, as I've talked about many times. I am the cheapest motherfucker in the world when it comes to items. I don't use an item until I absolutely have to. And I, I died. I probably died a half a dozen times because I was like, well, I've got one health kit and like, sure. She's limping and she's bleeding a little bit, but I'm like, is she like near death limping or is she like, ah, my ankle's a little sore limping. You know what I mean? Like she's only bleeding like a pint of blood. Every yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm going to save this kid. Like, I didn't, like, fuck. I just, I never wanted to waste them. And I died. So, like, I just, I don't, I don't under, like, why not show us our health? Why? Why not just give us an idea? That's all I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah. I, that bugged me. That fucking irritated me. But that me. would, that would ruin the immersion. How are you going to believe that you're a uh, special operation raid team member on Dino Island? If you could see a health bar. Yeah, yeah, just right. Ruin, yeah. Just ruin the emergency. Yeah. It's certainly not like Resident <laughs> Evil 7 where you're just a normal guy who gets his fucking hand cut off and then stapled back on and then he can use that it, to check his health. Fucking Does Jesus. he not get his hand cut off twice? Oh, he's lost. That poor guy's lost his hand like eight times. Fucking God, his God. cousin It from fucking the Adams <laughs> family is his hand. Yeah, the um, hand is actually just choosing to be a part of him. He doesn't have to be there. Yeah. Every time it gets cut off, it doesn't actually hurt. They're Wait. just like, ooh, separate. Run, we'll, re we'll regroup. <laughs> Which what, what was the hand in Adam's family? Was that Cousin It or was that Thing? I think that's Thing. I think Cousin It was thing. the hairy guy. Cousin It is the hairy guy. Yeah, yeah. the hairy guy, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so like, I guess, like those. Are, I know it's a lot of gripes, but like, I really did enjoy this game a lot. I just thought some of the puzzles were fucking obnoxious. I wish you would have told me what my health was. Um, I did get stressed out dealing with the dinosaurs and when they would kill me, I would rage about it and be like, this is stupid. I don't have the maneuverability to avoid these dinosaurs. But then when I was done the game or when I wasn't in the moment of getting eaten, I was like, you know what? I'm just a fucking lady with a gun. I shouldn't be able to kill these dinosaurs. Like it works. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I think the controls added to it. Like I'm a big fan of how the Resident Evil games play. Me too. I think just enhances it. It adds to the, it adds the to time. the tension and the terror for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I just and found I mean, it a little different to do it dealing with fucking fast moving dinosaurs instead of zombies. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like this is coming, you know, well on the heels of Jurassic Park. Like the Lost World has been out 
for a couple of years when this game came out. So like Dino hype wasn't huge. So yeah. definitely had like, it didn't feel like, Oh, you know, they, they put this out because Jurassic Park's doing really well. Like yeah. it was enough of a gap that it's like, Oh, this feels like, you know, it's own thing. I, I, I love this crap. Out of the game. Yeah. I, I thought it was fucking great. Like I, off the top of my head, I don't know what my favorite PlayStation one games are of all time. I know that Resident Evil 2 is there. I know that Tony Hawk is there. I know that Final Fantasy 9 is there. Uh but like this is this would this would probably be it'd be a contender for that top 20 list at least for sure. Like I really enjoyed it. And like like I said, um it makes me want to play it again just to pick the Gale route and just see what happens if I go uh with him. Oh and bro, just before we we start wrapping this up, like the the voice acting in this game doesn't suck. Like it's oh. not great, but it doesn't suck compared to how bad well, a lot of the voice acting back then was. It's not that bad, well, especially so like same studio developing first Resident Evil. If you compare the voice acting between this game and the first Resident Evil, holy fuck! Yeah, is like, it a huge improvement? Like it's like still Resident weird. Evil One. Yeah. I I love quoting. I love quoting Resident Evil One because it has one of the best worst voice acting. Ones. Jill. Yes. Yeah, the master of lock picking. Like that is so <laughs> bad. Oh my! Like, not even trying to hide like anything. Like, uh, hey Jill, you took that lock picking course. Can you handle this? Like nothing. It's just very, very stagnant conversation. Like, yeah, it just is so terrible. This is at least like passable. It, it definitely is a step above a lot of like games that came out at this. Yeah, I loved it. I like they still have like those weird pauses, you know, where like Regina will say something and then there'll be like a three second pause and then Rick will be like, Of course I'm on it. You know what I mean? And it's just like but that's just a product of the times. But like so many like it's, I do it could that could also be a product of uh translation because I know could. like Japanese sentences are a lot longer crafted to say, you know, what we say with less words. Sure, right? or sure, less, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't be. know. I'm, I'm butchering it now, and everybody who speaks Japanese is like this. I can't even think of that. Oh, anyone, intelli- any, anyone intelligent enough to fucking be fluent in both English and Japanese is not listening to this fucking podcast. No offense. <laughs> no offense to all of you listening to this, but we all listen. I know my demographic. You all know what the. We all know what this is. Let's all put our cards on the fucking table here. Um, but no, I half, yeah. Half your listenership just. I'm always talking about how like I'm worried that someday the, the bloom is going to come off this rose. I just did it. That's it. It's over. Adam son. Fuck you, bud. But no, it, the, the voice acting is like surprisingly good. I think Rick is my favorite character in this game. The guy that was like, oh my God, this is just like that movie. I think Rick's fucking hilarious. Uh, and the way that like every time Gale... Like the 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 boss, I don't know if he's actually their boss or if he just acts like it. But every time Gail like tries to give them an order, Rick is basically like, "Fuck you, that's a stupid idea. I'm not doing that." I fucking love that guy. I I know I've complained about some of the parts of this game, but like, this is a great. This was a great fucking video game. I get why so many people voted. It ran away with our Patreon poll, and now I understand why. This game's fucking excellent. And like I said, personally, I put it ahead of Resident Evil One and Three. On the PS1. Um, Whoa! I think it's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Resident I, Evil 3 is not that. I don't like Resident Evil 3 very much. I Okay, I really like 3, but I liked 2 better. Two, yeah, 2, two is the far. two is the crown jewel, yeah. Um, yeah. But now I got to play Dino well, Crisis 2 to find out what's up with Tom. Oh, man, definitely play it. Um, <laughs> and check out the... 
beat it and then try the time trial mode. I thought that was so cool. It's one of the things that I loved about Resident Evil 4, actually. Oh. Doing that, uh, you had the little, like, once you beat it, you could play the game mode plus where you had all your weapons, or you could do the time trial where you could play as, like, Wesker or Chris or Shiva? Shiva? What was the female protagonist's name? Shiva? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But I was yeah, going to say, you should love everything about Resident Evil 4. I fucking love that fucking game. Um, I want to know the what time the trial fuck... mode very similar. Like, shoot a zombie in the head in Resident Evil 4, get 10 more seconds. Shoot a dino down, get 10 more seconds. But it's a course. You could complete it. That was the big difference, I think. I'm just looking at the franchise on Wikipedia like, where the fuck is this series? Like, it hasn't, there hasn't I been a off. new I Resident Evil. I think there was a... Resident Evil or Dino? Like Di- Dino, 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 Dino Crisis a, is what I meant to say. Dino I think there was a third one um, was. on the Xbox, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think it was good. I, I don't remember playing it very much. I also, like, that was my graduating year, so I think I was doing other things. No, it got bad reviews, but still, though, like, this is a fucking really cool fran. Like, I, I mean, I've turned into a pretty big Resident Evil fran- fran- fan, and I'm not going to sit here after playing one Dino Crisis game and say they're better Resident Evil, but, like, they're on that level. And I'm like, bro, like Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 are both fucking awesome. And like the idea of a game just like that, first person and all that, but Dino Crisis sounds fucking excellent. Where the fuck is this? Like, God, it drives me crazy when fucking game developers like Capcom and everything Konami has ever fucking owned and Nintendo and all these companies come up with these great fucking franchises and then don't do anything with them. And I maybe it's because the sales aren't there. I get that they're not going to make these games just for goodwill. They have to make them profitable. But like, I, oh, where the fuck is Dino Crisis? Even if just release, re-release the two of them as like a package or something. Like, do something. Oh, or give us a Resident Evil reboot- Two remake version of Dino Crisis. Yeah, or even reboot the series. I mean, yeah. you know, we've we've had the spoiler that it's time travel. But everybody who's going to be replaying these or playing a new one, reboot the series. The first one introduces the time travel mechanic, basically put Dino Crisis 1 and 2 into one game, introduces the time time travel mechanic, your special, whatever, team of uh, misfits. They're like your, whatever it's called, I forget. I'm just thinking stars. But, yeah, this, uh, the squad stars. Special forces team. Yeah. yeah, whatever, your special forces team. You know, introduce your special forces team, everything like that, establish the world, condense both first and second game into one, and then come up with a second game where you travel back in time, where you actually like pop off in the, you know, through one of the portals. Yeah. Like I just, I'm shot. Like I'm on there. So again, it's Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt, but it says here in March, 2017 Capcom's Masachika Kawada said he was not aware of any internal plans to revive the series, despite it being a good prospect for remasters or remakes in December, the official Twitter account for Capcom's lead development team responded to a fan asking if a new Dino crisis title will be released soon by saying, if a lot of people wish. So if you could all listen, we all know anyone that's been listening to this podcast for any regular, any, any length of time, we have willed several games into existence over the years. I don't care what you say that Mario strikers game that's coming this year. That's on us. We fucking made that happen. <laughs> New Ninja Turtles game? We did that. Shredder's Revenge belongs to us. So I think we can make a Dino <laughs> Crisis happen if we try hard enough. And I'm fully aware of the like new dinosaur fighting game that they announced a little while ago. And it looks neat, but it's not Dino Crisis. And I've only played one of these. And I just liked it so much that I'm like, why is this just dead on the vine? This was... 
Wow, what a good fucking video game, man. It was so much and fun. It, and, it, and it's low-hanging fruit. I mean, there's lots of people like, you know, when you turn three, every little boy has an identity crisis where they're either a truck guy, a Transformers guy, or a dinosaur guy. Sure. Like that. Sure. It just resonates. Dude, a fucking. A third of your population is going to be into the game. Yeah, dinosaurs are fucking like, I've never, I haven't played very much of them, but like the Turok games fucking suck. And they sold because they're dinosaurs. And I, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to take shit for that. But I stand by that. I think Turok fucking sucks. <laughs> but like dinosaurs sell. I don't know. Give us a new dino crisis. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I believe more likely that the capital of Saskatchewan is able to take down a dinosaur with a grenade launcher than, uh, oh. I guess that guy's name was Turok. Then Turok with his freaking bow and arrow. Dude, yeah. The, the If you've never been to the city of Regina, not Regina, Regina. If you've never been to the city of Regina, they would fuck some dinosaurs out. Shout out to any of these, anyone listening to the show from fucking Regina. I see you. I'm scared of you. You guys don't fuck around. <laughs> um, how the fuck are we going to score this thing? There's only three characters. Uh, I'm just looking for like a fucking number of some kind to fucking score this thing. How did, oh, I got million. one. I, well, I was going to say dinosaurs were around 65 million years ago. Yeah. Okay. We, we just came to the same conclusion. Yes, fucking right. <laughs> I love it. So out of 65 million, what would you score the original dino crisis? Uh, 63 million Whoa. out of 65 million. Right? That, that objective, like 63 million in its literal form is the highest score a game has ever gotten on this podcast. <laughs> 63 million. That's the score of dino crisis. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain that score, I, or you just like it? I, I, you know, I liked it. Uh, I'm taking basically a point, which is a, a million years, yeah, uh, off for the camera thing because they did they did have 3D, they did have 3D rendered backgrounds. They could have moved the camera, like with Resident Evil games. I would and like uh, Parasite Eve. I wouldn't ding them for that because it was a 2D background. It was a pre-rendered 2D background. You can't you can't actually move the camera because you basically have a flat picture with a 3d object moving in front of it to create like a, an illusion this game they could have moved again you don't have that same constraint that pisses me off um back in the day when i played it i wouldn't have known that it would have been like oh would have 10 out of 10 would play again um and then the other thing i'm taking a point off there weren't enough weapons i'm thinking back and i think i am wrong i'm mixing up one and two and i'm pretty sure there were only like five weapons yeah there's not a lot of weapons it's it's definitely more of a puzzle game than it is a combat game, without question. Yeah, I would have um, liked to see more weapons. I, yeah. The puzzles were great. I loved how hard the puzzles were. I, I remember, too. like, I I distinctly remember the and this is like to put it in context. It's you know 2022, and I played this in 1999, and I remember that stupid sea can puzzle like vividly. <laughs> That's how infuriated I. Uh, I also remember that stupid tone puzzle, but I pretty sure i looked that up that tone puzzle i was so proud of myself for solving that only then later find out that i only have solved it anyways because i should have wrote the fucking (laughs) numbers down fuck off um (laughs) yeah i'll probably go around like 60 million like i'd give like an 8 out of 10 like a 60 million It's it's a good game i i just found i found some of those puzzles fucking obnoxious um and frankly i just got a little bit pissed off sometimes when i died whether that's the game's fault or mine is is uh up for debate but like i really enjoyed it and i gotta say that fucking final explanation of why the dinosaurs were there. Like I was like, I, I just like, I wanted to set the controller down and just be like, Bravo. Yeah, and, and, like that was well written. 
Jesus fuck. Yeah. And to put it in context, like there's been shows and stuff since Jurassic Park's come out where that that's been a twist, like Terra Nova, you know, a bunch of failed stuff. So that that like trope has been out, you know, probably for the last fifteen years or something. Sure. Maybe not even that long, like the last decade. That wasn't as far as I know, that wasn't like a thing in nineteen ninety nine. Like no, you know, I, they, the big thing was cloning dinosaurs. That, yeah. The I thought it, Park thing. I thought it was so clever because that whole game, they make you think the weapon they've developed is these fucking dinosaurs. And then you find out like, no, they, they were working on this other thing and the dinosaurs were just like a whoopsie doodle, which is fucking. Yeah. Rough. It was like an, it was like an energy machine or something. And yeah. they're like, oops. Yeah. Poor open space and time. Excellent. Fucking love yeah. this game. <laughs> I, I, I will like, I will sit here and put it on the record. I don't know when, um, I'm not going to promise a time because the backlog from hell has, uh, reached the size of a T-Rex, but at some point. Uh, I'm gonna play me some Dino Crisis too because I'm a fan. I like this nice. fucking series a lot. Nice. So oh, I, I highly recommend it. It was so good. Dino Crisis two, you'll love even more than one. Like yeah. it it's it, you know it's like the adage about uh, like a red dot red dot site versus open site. Open sites are great. Red dot site is better. You know, Dino Crisis one was great. Dino Crisis two was better. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. Fucking loved it. Um, Tyler, thanks for doing this, buddy. It was good talking to you. Thanks for giving me a call. And uh, talking Dino Crisis and Dino Crisis too, by accident. <laughs> but though, but uh, thanks for bringing these. Thanks, thanks for the trip down memory lane, buddy. This was fun. I appreciate it. Anytime. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Tyler, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Dino Crisis. And thank you to every single one of you for listening to the show because whether this was your first episode of Remember the Game, maybe your 193rd episode of Remember the Game, uh, I really, really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking a chance on us. And listen, I say this 50% to brag, 50% because I'm just really fucking proud of it and grateful to all of you. Thank you for making us one of the most downloaded video game podcasts on the internet we are charting in like we're charting number three for all video game podcasts in canada right now and i think we're 21st in the u.s which is fucking wild man that is just like the i'm just an idiot in his spare bedroom that spent too much time as a kid inside playing video games and now i have a chance to talk about them with a bunch of people that like them as much as i do so thank you all so so much i'm really really grateful if you didn't hate this episode maybe leave us a good review somewhere give us a five star rating on your podcast service of choice i'd really appreciate it and if you're like man i can't get enough of that guy's horrible sounding voice maybe consider throwing me two bucks on patreon you give us two dollars over there you're gonna get two additional podcasts every week every thursday and friday you also get instant access to like almost 200 bonus podcasts that are sitting there and 5% of your Patreon pledge is going to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital at the end of the year, which is fucking awesome. So it's wins all around patreon.com slash remember the game. And if you want to check out our merch, you can find it at remember the game podcast.com where you can also find my PO box address. If you just want to shoot me a postcard or a letter or something, I'll send you one back. We'll be friends. That's really cool. And finally I'm on Twitch uh pretty sporadically usually tuesday nights and then other than that just when i have time twitch.tv slash member the game not remember member the game just come by and say hi we'll hang out sometimes i play games in the community it's lots of fun all right good enough i am gonna go uh this who remember the very beginning of this episode like an hour and a half ago i told you guys i popped an extra shank benadryl i'm feeling no pain right now so i'm gonna go lay down for a little bit and let this benadryl 
hopefully flush the grass and stuff out of my body. I'll be back uh, tomorrow for Patreons with Expansion Pass number 106, my spoiler-free review of Horizon Forbidden West. I'll be back with Game Patch on Friday, and I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy smorgasbord of video game podcasts, including Remember the Game number 194, which probably, hopefully, possibly will be about the original Dragon Warrior on the NES. That's what we're shooting for anyway. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. I'll talk to you again next time. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people have subscribed to us at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'd like to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and thank them all personally. A huge thank you to... Makeshift, Mallow, Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keats, and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Tromblay, Morgan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Nisi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noop Q, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Dockabai, Ray San Juan Tongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalks, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Paul Burke, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, Mad Max, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, fucking just Gabe, I'm not fucking your name up anymore, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon, who's not actually a Surgeon Row, Tyler Nightmare, Dixon Cider, Benjamin, oh, Dixon Cider, I just got that, Benjamin Swiller, Creature Club, Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Teen the Great, and Brandon H. Thank you all so much for the support. How did I fuck that part up? Thank you so much for the support. You guys are the best. Talk to you on the next one. Purple Monkey freaking dishwasher. <laughs>